The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. Um, all right, well, I'm Sarah, for those who haven't met you, and um, I'm here to introduce Nina. Um, some of you might have gotten an email from Nina when she worked with the Children's Ministry Department. I know I got several before I had a chance to meet her, um, but she works at church here now with, for the um, deacon ministry, um, so it's been exciting to watch that get going more and off the ground. Um, but we asked Nina to, oh, and she has a four-year-old son, I have to say that, um, and we, yeah, often when at the end of the year at Moms, um, for those of you who knew, we kind of do surveys and ask, like, what, what are topics? What, you know, what would bless you? What topics? And there's always, or often many responses that have to do with friendship and loneliness, and that's just something we all, you know, hopefully have friendships and experience loneliness. Um, so Nina was gracious to agree to share with us um, about how God is faithful in our friendships and seasons of loneliness and whatever else God puts on our hearts. So come on up. Thank you so much, Nina. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. And is this on? Yeah, okay. I, she did a good job of giving a little general background. I um, am a single mom to the sweetest four-year-old boy. And I have worked here at Bethlehem. I worked for a couple years with our children and family discipleship. And now I have a different full-time job, but I still work some for our deacon ministry. I, a little bit of background about myself, just this is like the first time I've actually been here in Moms. I always hear you guys singing and it sounds wonderful when I go up to work. I'm like, oh, I, it sounds amazing down here. But I have been a member for about eight years. I've been attending Bethlehem for 13, since, since 2008. So I started attending Bethlehem when I was in college at the University of Northwestern and really during that time it felt when I was in college it felt that friendships and community were so readily available I mean you were living with other people you were eating together you were working out together you were just doing your daily life and I noticed for myself once I got out of college and we got all into our own lives that it felt really hard to continue to foster community and it was a lot easier to just feel like an island. And I started dealing with loneliness in a way that I just hadn't dealt with um, before. And I think for me, I'm the youngest of five. I come from a big Italian, loud family. My family is all in Milwaukee or Chicago area. So I'm here alone in Minnesota and even when we do have family member close like close by it's still hard when you still feel the loneliness of wanting to be in community but having trouble either developing or fostering those relationships so really I think the first time I dealt with it on a bigger scale was probably post-college um, and though I remained connected at Bethlehem I used to be at North Campus now I'm here at downtown for the last eight years Though I remained connected and remained in small groups, still noticed that it was just a lot harder to continue on in relationships and knowing how to navigate those. And kind of in summary, my young adult life has not gone exactly as I hoped for. And I found myself a single divorced mom 
a single mom at the age of 26, raising a little precious boy with no family around. And so my community really became everything for me. It was essential to my livelihood. I would not get, I would not be able to navigate life without other believers in my life that are helping me and pointing me to Christ. And so I would love to talk more about that, about my my past, my 20-year-old life, and um, my previous marriage. But um, to save time, if any of you guys want to get together or get coffee, I'm more than happy to talk about that more. But really, I was shown during that time that God is a redeemer, and he makes all things good and all, all things right. And he really used the body of Christ to point me to, to himself and to hope and to joy, even when my life felt like it was falling apart. And so I want to talk, during this talk, we're going to talk about loneliness and how to develop and grow friendships. So I'm going to talk about a few things throughout this talk. I'm going to cover what do we do with loneliness. We're going to cover what is our identity. What does the word say about friendship and community? And we're also going to look at how to cultivate community as long as cover some challenges that we can experience in community. So I'm going to pray for us real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for sending your son Jesus for us and giving us hope and a new life and joy. And I pray for all of us as moms, as sisters, as we walk through this life, as we navigate it, um, and when we feel the crushing weight of loneliness and not knowing how to reach out to friends and how to walk alongside each other. I pray that you would um, give us, that you would give us clarity for how to go about that, that you would give us love for one another, that we would serve one another as sisters, and that we would point each other to you, Lord. And so I pray that during this time that um, you would help me and my words to um, show all of us that we look as we look together um, in scripture to see what you have to say to us about friendships. Um, and I pray that your, your name would be glorified um, in Jesus' name. Amen. So first I'm going to talk about what we do with loneliness and how do we develop friendships. So I want to begin by looking at what is community. Let's look back at the very beginning of the Bible and see what it says about community. So we can see that perfect community is seen in the Trinity between God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And their relationship is one of mutual glorification. We have the Father glorifying the Son. John 17, 5 says, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. We have the Son glorifying the Father. John 17, 4, the Son glorifying. The, I glorified you on earth, and we have the Spirit glorifying the Son. Where the Spirit of truth comes, he will glorify me. So we can see here that the relationship is one of self-giving love. It is one of delighting in one another, honoring and treasuring in one another. So this is what the basis of humanity and community is all about. And Tim Culler wrote in, his reason, in The Reason for God, ultimate reality is the community of persons who know and love one another. That is what the universe, God, history, and life is all about. I love that quote from Tim Keller, and that book is a really good book if you guys ever wanted to read it. 
So we can see here what the ideal of community is. It is one where we are loving each other, serving each other, glorifying one another. Um, and Adam and Eve had perfect community. They had perfect community with one another. They had perfect fellowship with each other. They had perfect fellowship with God. And that, when we see, when we look back at Adam and Eve, we can get, we can get an idea for what that looked like to have selfless hearts, to be without sin, and to be in a life that was perfect in community. But when they disobeyed and they ate from the tree forbidden, their fellowship was broken with one another and with God. And now their selflessness towards others was now replaced with selfishness. So now we have the broken community. So now there is sin in their hearts. Um, their relationships with one another and with God is now a lot harder to come to work with because of their sin and their selfishness. So the good thing is God did not leave us there, and he promised a new covenant in a covenant community. So Exodus 6, 2 to 8, you can feel free to go turn there. Um, I'll give you a minute if you wanted to. Exodus 6, 2 to 8. God spoke to Moses, and I said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not take myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give you, I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. So we can see here that God has now made a new covenant with the Israelites. And we see, if you look throughout the Old Testament, you can see that the Israelites, they failed to love God with all their heart. They didn't do all of these things perfectly. They turned away. They worshiped other gods. They sinned. They failed to really love each other as his chosen community. And God kept his promise to his son and sent Jesus to suffer and die to make a, a perfect community that would be restored. We are now, because of this, we now have union with Christ, and we're united to Christ, and we receive all the benefits of what he has done for us, including justification, glorification, and sanctification. So now we know, now here's, there is a picture of what community is, and we have the broken community, the new community, and the future community. However, we, this side of heaven, though we are fully united with Christ, we still deal with the effects of sin. We have sin in our own hearts. We have sin in community with others. We have sin in the world. And it really creates a divide, and it makes friendships that much harder. And so we still struggle with comparison, jealousy, anger, unwillingness to forgive, resentment, etc., so now that we have a picture of community, I want to talk about what our identity is. I want to talk about loneliness. I think this is something that is really easy for us to struggle with and to hide. It's something we all deal with to varying degrees. Some, some don't deal with it on a chronic, 
chronically, but some deal with it more chronically. Some, some of you may deal with it in a different season of life and now you feel that you're not as lonely. For whatever it is, we have all felt that pain of loneliness. And the thing about loneliness is a very isolating pain. It makes you feel that no one else understands what you're going through, that your relationships, your community are not meeting your needs. You're not feeling fully known, fully loved. And for me, when I have walked through seasons of loneliness, it felt like a physical weight. It felt like a, I would wake up in the morning and just feel like a physical weight, a physical burden on my shoulders. And for me, one of the things I can think of that I deal with when it comes to loneliness, for whatever reason, Sundays have always been really hard for me. And I think a big part of that is as a single mom, I see all of my friends on Sundays getting together with their families and it being really a family day. And though I have my son, it feels very isolating. And so I have felt the weight of loneliness immensely every, every Sunday. That is always a hard day for me. So one of the things that I have had to do during that is really try to be proactive and reach out to friends to say, hey, Sundays are harder for me. Could I get together? Could, we have, could James and I come over for dinner with your family or do something, go for a walk? And sometimes... My friends remember and they welcome me in and like, Nina, come over. A lot of times they forget. <laughs> and so I have to remind them. And sometimes, a good amount of times, James and I are just alone. And it's a reminder of that I am so thankful for community. I'm so thankful for our friends. But there is a true love that will never, never hurt us, will never um, forget about us. And that is only found in Christ. And so I really think for all of us to really develop healthy friendships, we need to remember our first true love. John 15, 3 is, says, Greater love has no, one, has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for friends. And another passage that is really, really helpful for me is Proverbs 18, 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So one thing I wanted to do is just us, for us to all remember, let's examine our own hearts. Where are we looking for perfection in friends? Where are we looking for someone else to meet needs that can't possibly be met this side of heaven or apart from Christ? And to really, to really focus and rest in the hope that we have in the Lord, that he really is our one true companion and he will never fail us. Every single relationship this side of heaven, as good as it can possibly be, is not going to meet all of our needs. And we're going to experience loneliness, even in a beautiful God-designed relationship. We're going to feel the weight and the hurt that is this side of heaven. And so we can really rest in what Christ has known, done, and know that our hearts are safe with him we are fully loved, known, and cared for in Christ. And so out of that, then I think when we're able to really remember our identity in Christ, that is when we have a lot more freedom in our relationships to really give freely, to love freely, and to not have a heart that is expecting so much from friends that they can't possibly give us. Um, I wanna talk about some common misconceptions about community and identity. So one thing that I hear, and I talk to people here in our counseling departments at downtown Bethlehem, 
these are some of the biggest things that we hear at Bethlehem that are regarding um, community and friendships. We hear it's common, it's nobody reaches out to me, or it looks like everyone has their life together but me. We hear a lot of, I'm going through a hard thing. How do I let a friend in without overwhelming them? And we also hear a lot of, I'm single, I feel like my married friends don't include me, or we hear a lot of married friends, a couple say, we don't feel like our single friends reach out to us as much, and it's really hard to continue to develop those relationships. And so all of these things that, we ask, that we're asking are really a lot of projection, and that is one of the biggest things I want to get across, is we need to think about what, why do we all think that? Why do we all think everyone has their life together or no one is including me? I think we have all here, every one of us, have felt, oh, I, f- I don't feel included, or I don't feel like they're reaching out to me. And why do we all think that? And what is the truth, and what is reality? So we all have these projections, and we all have different problems in what we expect out of relationships. And as for many of you guys are here, there's as many problems, and so I can't go into all of them. Um, but I do want to just highlight that these are some of the things that we're hearing that I feel that is very common, um, and what do we do with that? So are our expectations shaped and formed by the word, and where do they need to be recalibrated? Here, if we look at the scripture, Proverbs 27.6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 27.17, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So if anything that you guys walk away from this, this is what I really want to push in, is that there, we are, it's very easy for us to have misconceptions of people don't reach out to me, or I'm feeling lonely, or people have their lives together. And I really want it to begin with us, of how we look at what, what we think about community. I really, when we look at the scripture, we're seeing it as faithful are the wounds of a friend. Iron sharpening iron. It's not as much as... Uh, this feel-good friend, you know, these people that look like us, they talk like us, they encourage us, we're getting our needs met. It's more, when we look at the scripture, we're seeing more, I think sisterhood is what we're looking at. And the call to be sisters, this book is Closer Than a Sister. It's by Christina Fox. Really recommend it. Um, And... I think when we look at friends and community, I think we need to think less about what we are expecting from other people and more about how we can serve and love one another as friends. We already have, we know we already have our deepest needs met in Christ. And so how do we serve and love the body of Christ? And how do we show up for our friends? I think about this with myself. I have a best friend from college. And it's easy for me sometimes to think, oh, her and her husband don't include me on things, and I feel alone. And then I remember I remember this morning I was thinking about it. When is the last time I texted her and asked her how she was doing and how she was doing with a specific trial that she's going through right now? Am I looking at, looking at my friendship with her and trying to get her to focus her needs and or focus her um, meeting my needs, or am I also looking at it as how can I love and bless her? How can I encourage her? So when we look at the word, there's a few things. We're going to go really quickly go through, let's see here, six things that I 
are called one another's. So this is how we show up to be sisters and to be friends with one another. Number one, they help each other. So Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are the household of faith. So we see as sisters, we are called to help one another. Number two is that we mourn together. We are called to walk alongside the hurting. Romans 12.12 is an example of Paul calling us to mourn with those who mourn. Hebrews 13.13, remember those who are in prison as as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. It's really easy to try to avoid or try to rescue friends that are walking through really hard things. But what we are called to do is to be a sister and to sit with them and to be with them and call them to looking at Christ. We are called to rejoice together. Number three, rejoicing together. First Corinthians 12, 26. You can look at that later. Number four is exhorting one another. Number five is learning from one another. Um, Number six is growing together. Um, So we see this as what we can do to one another. Okay, so sorry, I went through those uh, lists (laughs) really quickly for you guys. Um, If you guys want to ask me about them, I can give you more detailed stuff with the scriptures, but I felt like I was going to pass out, so that is a list. Um, (laughs) And so we can see here all the ways that we are called to do these one another's in the body of Christ. And I want to just highlight what it looks like to cultivate community. So I really think a big way that we start when we are experiencing loneliness or wanting to develop friendships is really beginning to pray for deeper friendships. I mean, I wonder just how often we are praying for the God to provide friends and to provide community. I think that's where we begin. Really participating in the church body, looking at where you can serve, where you can be of help, where you can give back in your church, in your church body. Um, Opening your door in hospitality to others is another amazing way to start developing friendships. How does, looking for ways to actively serve your sisters that are, that are in, going through hard things. I think one thing is asking your sisters and asking your friends what are some hard things that you're going through and how can I pray for you? Or better, one of the things that's really hard for me, and I think for me, I felt this sometimes as a single mom, is some of my friends would say, hey, you know, I we're, I we're really praying for you. Let us know if you need anything. And that is like, that is like one of the hardest things to hear because it is so hard to reach out. So I really encourage you guys, instead of walking alongside people and saying, how can we, or let us know a way that we can help you, to really just say, hey, we're going to bring over a meal, or hey, we're going to drop some flowers off, or hey, we would love to take your kid or kids for a night so you could get a time away. I think that's one of the things that um, I see really often that we do with one another is we're like, hey, so sorry, we're praying for you. Let us know how we can help. And I get it. I, I do that too. 
I've, I've said that to my friends, but it's really not helpful for, especially when people are walking through hard things already, the last thing that they're gonna wanna do is reach out and say, hey, actually, I would love a night away. Like, could you watch my, my children? Um, it's very unlikely. So I just want us to take the initiative and really serve one another. Um, and so when we model community in our lives, that is really where we can begin to start having friendships that develop and foster. I want, if you guys walk away with anything from this talk, it's really, what I want you to walk away with is what, what we are desiring from friendships and what we are de desiring from community. It really has to start with you and how you model that and how you model community, how you model sisterhood. So now I just want to talk about some challenges in community. Um, re rejection is a huge challenge. Um, Psalm 55, 12 to 14. For it is not an enemy, an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take counsel, sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Rejection is a really, really hard thing in friendships. And when another, another believer, another sister hurts you, it is one of the deepest hurts. Um, I know for myself, I have had a couple of things with friends or a division in a friend with, with a friendship or some kind of strife that felt that there was and what was once so easy, now it was a lot harder and it, there was hurt on both sides. And that was one of the hardest things I've actually walked through is how to deal with hurt in friendships. Like I said, I was married before and I still, and I'm a single mom and that is really hard for sure. But actually, what is more harder for me is dealing with the hurts that had come from a specific friendship that I just felt like I had no answers to. Here, she is a sister in Christ. She loves the Lord. I love the Lord. And yet, we both hurt each other. And that was really hard for me. Um, and so, I really want us to remember Isaiah 53 3. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. So we in Christ have a model of someone who was, he was fully rejected on our behalf. He was rejected for us. He suffered. And so we can really look to him to find hope um, and, so, and to know that there is one who fully knows your pain. He fully knows your wounds and he walks alongside with you. I, it's really challenging um, to forgive one another when there has been hurt. I've been reading this book for um, Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkhurst and I really recommend it. Um, I think it's really common and easy for us as sisters to whether it's in big ways or little ways to do things that hurt one another. And it is really, really hard to forgive those pains. It was really, really hard. It's really tricky. Uh, that book is really helpful. I think if you are struggling with that, I would recommend that. Um, I think it's important for us to remember 
the friends are not perfect, that they are going to fail you and they're going to fail other friends. They're not meant to be a perfect match. They're not meant to be perfect. And they are actually meant to sharpen you. So when a friend hurts us or when we feel rejected, that is an amazing opportunity to to look at how God is redeeming us and how he is redeeming uh, friendships and community. I just want to touch really quickly on social media and loneliness. Um, I really like social media. I, for me, my, like I said, my friend is from, my family is from out of state. So it's a way for them to stay connected to me and to James by posting different things. But it is not a perfect picture and it's not, it's not what community is meant to look like by just posting things on social media and getting as likes or shares or whatever the, whatever you're looking for, um, in social media, I really recommend like to try to get off of social media for different times of diff- of the day or um, taking breaks and reaching out to your friends and getting together with them in person. Um, I think it's really, really easy for us to compare to one another of, oh, they have their life together or, oh, it looks so perfect. Um, I know for me that I have dealt with the last four years of a, of a very intense legal battle, and it's probably not going to end for the next foreseeable future, but I don't post about that. I mean, legally, I probably shouldn't ever post about it, um, but people, but it's really easy to think, I think some, it's easy for people to be like, oh, she's doing well, she's got it, you know, her son looks really happy. They don't see the day in and the day out struggles. So I just be very, I would just want you guys to be very careful with social media that you're not, that you're that you're using it for good and not, and being careful that your heart is not comparing to other people because you're not getting the full picture. Um, and so the, another thing I just wanted to highlight is I think, I know I've said, and you guys are well aware that I'm a single mom, and a lot of you guys are married and you have kids, and I know that you guys can deal with loneliness just as much as I can with being a single mom. Um, and so I really want you guys to, like I said, I want community to begin with how, looking at how we model community. And if you're married, if you're single, if you're a mom, if you're not a mom, I guess we're all moms here, um, to really take initiative and pursue friendship. If you're struggling with something, it's really easy to not want to share with someone, but really sending a friend a text or sending a friend or giving a friend a call and just saying, hey, this is a way that I'm really struggling with and I could really use your help right now. And like I said, your friends are not going to be perfect and they might even forget. And so take initiative again and pursue them. Um, And so I really, to end this, I just want us to really think to ourselves, what do we bring to the table when it comes to our friendships? I want, to, I want us to continue as we walk away to examine our misperceptions and, and ask the Lord to show us how to show up in our friendships and how to show up in our relationships with one another and to be able to make the sacrifices that are necessary to help develop a friendship to grow. So I'm going to pray for us, and then I think someone's going to come back up. But 
Heavenly Father, I thank you again for your community in Christ, that it is a beautiful thing, and it helps our sisters point us to you, and they point us to our greater hope. I pray that you would help us love one another and serve one another and pray for and be present with one another, and I pray that all of these things would be done to point each other as sisters in Christ to you. Um, And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things for the joy of all peoples through Jesus Christ.